0: Hello and welcome back to Sarah's Space. I am yet again delighted to be in the room with another beloved former student. I I never like saying former as in never again shall happen, but Mm -hmm. so former student, current student, but forever friend and uh, amazing human being. And this one is named Eva Tavares. I practice how to pronounce her (laughs) Her lovely well, stage name slash yes. real last name, yeah, sure. which is actually her middle name. Anyways, it's, long story. We can talk about so, it. So this is Eva. Hi. <laughs> and uh, she's joining me at Sarah's Space this yes. evening. And uh, I'm just maybe going to start things off with saying this could be a rather entertaining evening because Sarah, that being me, uh, my space is rather addled at this moment. Uh, I am. My head seems to be abuzz with far too many things. So I've decided to have a rather beautiful uh, red-colored half glass of wine and. Uh, Red colored. Well, yeah. Specific. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I—that's what a connoisseur I am. I'm going to uh-huh. say I have red-colored wine in my glass.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll
0: see how this goes.
1: That's about where I'm at with my knowledge around wine. Okay, as well, excellent. So, that's
0: okay. so <laughs> Eva is drinking herbal tea. I am. So she she's being, um, herbly, and I'm not. <laughs>
1: silly, so this okay. is going to be great.
0: Okay. <laughs> so let me start by asking you, Eva, if you could establish for everyone why you know me. Okay, why, How do I know? It? Well, why I know How you. do we know each other?
1: And, so, and why
0: do you still know me?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, so I can't. I've told you this story. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm quite sure. You but have yes. When I was dancing at Spiral Dance mm-hmm. in White Rock, B.C., and I was dancing there. Well, I started there when I was two and a half
0: okay so what? i didn't know you then no
1: no you did not <laughs> but i was tr- you know training yeah. there all through my childhood and i i think i was at nine or ten yes. when i first started hiding out and watching your class from the stairway i used to <laughs> come early if my mom got me there yeah. at the right time and and hide in the stairwell and peek through underneath that divider yes that weird divider and watch yeah. Your class because I so badly wanted to be in your class, <laughs> and I was going upstairs to a different class, which made me a little less excited. But nonetheless, I was very happy to be there. Um, and then, and then I got accepted into your class mm-hmm. when I was twelve or thirteen. I thought you I were younger.
0: Really? I did think you. I, I I'm thinking definitely twelve. Yeah, I, Maybe not 12. eleven. So yeah, twelve. Yeah. Let's say twelve. Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, and then yeah, you kind of became. You know, a huge, m- important mentor in my life from that point onwards, really.
0: Oh. Did I teach you how to sing? Yeah, no, Because I've done a very good job, I must say. No, I
1: mean, more important things like <laughs> okay. life, you know.
0: <laughs> I don't mean to be glib. Thank <laughs> no, you. No, no, no. Thank you.
1: No, um, yeah. So privileged to, to have been in those rooms and, and then continue to be in your space <laughs> moving
0: forward. Thank you for being in my space.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that's so, how it all began.
0: Um, In response to that, can you also tell me a little bit more again about once you did get into sort of the teenage years Mm -hmm. and and when our relationship began Mm -hmm. more in earnest, Mm -hmm. were you going to regular high school?
1: So I went to Southridge private school from from kindergarten to grade 7 and then I went to Langley Fine Arts school from grade 8 to grade
0: 12. Tell tell me, if you wouldn't mind, because I don't know mm-hmm. if I've ever actually asked you this outright. Oh. Do you feel like that, given that that's kind of got that romanticism of, you know, the movie fame, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. did that... It's hard to know because it's one of those unethical experiments. You'd have to go back to high school all over yeah. again in a public school and see right, what right, the difference right, right, right. was. But do you feel like that served you in a in a way that... Oh, yeah. Indispensable. Changed just, me. Okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, also, just because... And, and not to say my time at Southridge was bad, by any mm-hmm. means. It was just an entirely different Different thing.
0: experience, yeah. The
1: opposite ends of the coin. You right. Um, Southridge was very structured and very goal-oriented. Yeah. And fine arts was come as you are. Right. Live, love, be, you know, and, and definitely, I mean, I, myself, am a very perfectionist. Yes. Uh, order driven, goal driven person. Yeah. Um, so I brought that with me, obviously, but, but it, uh, it was just a totally different environment. Right. And it freed me up a lot. Okay. It taught me a lot about what I wanted, what made me passionate. Okay. You know, those kind of, you know, having the drive and the orderliness, yes. plus the love and joy and passion.
0: And do you good. feel like, because you were still dancing... How many days a week were you dancing at that oh. point? At Spiral, you were there a good five, right? S- at least okay, for,
1: six on weekends, for sure, too. Yeah.
0: Okay, so then uh, you took dance at your fine arts school. So, yes. yeah. So how um
1: less so at fine arts though because i went in as a music major
0: that's okay that was my question yeah, did yeah. you then allow yourself to supplement your dance love yes. on the outside and then the school you treated your music yeah. with the for the formal sort of prioritization because yeah, okay. i
1: think when we were because at spiral we had musical theater yeah. and stage classes yeah. and i always loved those right right and so i knew when i went to fine arts that i had i think at that point i was doing maybe 20 hours a week of yeah. class at spiral yeah and so I knew that I liked singing. I didn't know how much, uh, how big of a part it would become in my life. Right. But I thought, okay, maybe I'll, and I played the clarinet. So I thought okay. maybe I'll do okay. music as my major. Okay. And because I knew I danced, I also got to choreograph, which was my first foray into choreography, yeah. which I also love yeah. so, so much. Um, so it kind of, yeah, it kind of. The, all the pathways started forming in different ways. Right. But but yeah, I, I knew that I wanted to supplement the dance with the music.
0: So in, in other words, not only did you get a chance to sort of experience more of yourself that you might not have had the chance to if you were in a more formatted, structured environment, mm-hmm. goal-oriented and, and mm-hmm. driven from the outside, mm-hmm. but you also were able to, and I, I, I'll say utilize the system mm. to realize what you actually were going to focus all of mm-hmm. those amazing energies on. Yeah. Yeah. And and yet, yeah. I'll just tell you my perspective. I always felt when you were in class, you were 100% in class. Yeah. Because I've had a lot of young people over the years that, and and I'm always happy for them. They find out at a younger age that dance is something that they will um, enjoy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they will apply themselves to, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they're just using it to get to something else. Right. And sometimes it was as a distraction, you know, for their academics or other things, which I am 100% behind. Mm -hmm. It's a really worthwhile distraction, so Mm -hmm, to speak, mm -hmm. if one can afford it. Right. Uh, But then sometimes they felt like they were using it to, you know, better their, for instance, musical theater or better. And, sometimes not often i would get a feeling of frustration just in the sense that i felt like they they could have applied more energy to the moment Mm -hmm. um because i knew they were outside this moment Mm -hmm. but they were already thinking but i'm not going to need it as much right i never once in a million years got that from you if anything i felt like there was I felt when you graduated that you were holding dance on one side of your yeah. hand and and music on the other,
1: yeah, it was a tough time yeah. i I really did there was a point where I really wanted to be
0: mm-hmm.
1: contemporary ballet contemporary mm-hmm. dancer that was really the only thing in my mind yeah and and then singing kind of came up and bit me yeah <laughs> yeah and and I do miss the you know i mean I'm one of those people now that just wants to devour every kind yeah. of contemporary dance I can find online or yeah. performances and um and I and I do miss it to a certain extent I also not I don't know how far we should get into this but definitely I didn't have the same kind of support down yeah. that avenue yeah. from my family yeah which was difficult for me to swallow and yeah and um, yeah so that I, I hate to say that that was part of my decision making it wasn't even I don't even know if I really, truly made a decision one way or the other. It kind of, things just kind of Made
0: decisions for you.
1: Well, I, stuff just kind of started happening. Yeah. As soon as yeah. I started to do, you know, going down more of the singing path, um, it, it everything kind of started snowballing. Yeah. Which was amazing. And yeah, I, of and course. And I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, no part of me questions that, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's my lifeblood, you know. I So much of of how i feel and process is through that art form so mm-hmm. it's it's amazing but i will say it's interesting what you're saying about how i was always in the moment i think I, we've had these conversations before mm-hmm. probably back in the day but i think the the thing that would take me out of the moment is just my own self-criticism mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i was always <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. you <Yeah>, i know <laughs> so
1: self-critical Oh, okay.
0: we, we we all tend to be a bit, and some people just have a little bit more of an exacting perfectionist nature. Yeah. But yeah. I think that you also hit the nail on the head. I think that it's harder to be gentler in the self-criticism mm-hmm. when you don't have the support elsewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, the teacher helps, for mm-hmm. sure. The director mm-hmm. of the school helps. But I, um, I, I, I can relate to some extent, because in my own personal upbringing, my dad... Really, quite disliked ballet. Mm. I mean, d- disliked the aesthetic of it, disliked the the whole world of it, disliked mm-hmm. the way it was treating his daughter right. immensely. Uh, disliked the fact that it seemed to be this effete, ephemeral sort of nothing future that would starve me to death and mm-hmm. not even allow me to support myself, right. which I could relate to, in an, in, I guess a, compassionate way. Obviously, I didn't feel the same way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was interesting because what that drove me to do was to prove that I would be able to make a living for myself, and ballet could remain that passion that first sort of grabbed me, Mm -hmm. and yet, as you know, it Mm -hmm. branched off from classical ballet, which really wasn't neither it or I were designed for each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was kind of one of those love at first sight and then realize, mmm, yeah when we have deep conversations, we don't really get along.
1: (laughs) Yeah. right. So
0: yeah. So then, yeah. yeah.
1: And it's just, and it's, I mean, you kind of highlighted similar things to what my mom felt as far Mm. as just fear. Yeah. You know, it's, it's coming out of this huge place of love. Yeah. Of wanting to protect your child. And with my mother, um, she was a choreographer and a dancer and she was torn apart by the business and she hated it and it was hurtful to her and, you know, made her question a lot of things about herself. and yeah. So when she saw me really making those strides... Yeah. ...that freaked her out. That being said, as soon as my musical theater career started taking off, yeah. that also freaked her <laughs> out. So just... And she wouldn't mind me saying that. We have yeah. talked very, very openly about it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, she knows that I understand where it's coming from and yeah. all. And I don't falter for that. Yeah. I'm not a parent, but I could absolutely... Understand why those thoughts would come
0: up. It's a strange. It's a strange thing. I quite often will have. Uh, I'll have to burst out laughing in class because mm. I'll end up answering this in-depth, very personal question of a a teen student. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm open-minded. I'm wise. I'm I'm so clearly seeing all sides of the coin, mm-hmm. all sides, the two mm-hmm. sides and right. the many edges. Yeah. And then I laugh and I just say, Oh my goodness. Maybe you should call me in ten years. Yes. When my daughter is eighteen. Right. And see if I can maintain this sense of wisdom. Right. Because what yeah, when it's your own child you you tend to get a little um all the things that ever hurt you you want not not to have them hurt your child. Yeah. Even though reasonably speaking you understand that you're child is you're trying to raise them to be a person right you are trying to give them the tools to be their best person self yeah and along that way we get hurt yeah so it's hard when you know where a certain path can or where it led you not you you can't ever say it's going to lead the other person there because that's not fair right but yeah I, i i totally i mean i i at the time was probably more protective of you mm, mm-hmm. because I wasn't Absolutely. yet a mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, as a mother, I have more understanding for your mom mm-hmm. under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. And it certainly hasn't done you any harm to <laughs> have not gone down the track. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think will, you're doing fine. I
1: will say, though, I was just, I, I, I've had a lot of questions since I've gotten off tour about what is your hobby? Right. And I, I keep on thinking, what is my hobby? Yeah. I don't know. But I actually had the thought, I think it was yesterday. Maybe I should just get back into contemporary as a yeah. hobby. Yeah. Um which call it a hobby. scares the living daylights out of me. Right. <laughs> because right. it's it just feels like an uphill climb now. Right. That it's not that I'm not dancing twenty hours a week right. and my focus hasn't been on that. But I think it actually might be hugely important for me to keep
0: I think it would be hugely cathartic and when yeah. you think about it it's also part, you're constantly questing and looking for new ways to develop your Mm -hmm. spirit and your soul and your mind and your artistry. Mm -hmm. And you are so open to, uh, you're so open to that journey because, because your perfectionism at an older age Mm -hmm. has become more about, I feel like this is going in a good direction, Mm -hmm. but I need more and I need to flush it out more and I need to, and and I love, I love watching you go through that journey. Mm -hmm. And, Mm Going into something that you might be, let's say, quotation marks and doing air quotes right now, yeah, rusty at, right, right, and then you have to swallow that little, uh, that little bit of ego yeah. and that little bit of, uh, I guess, basically expectation and demand yeah. of yourself, and just say, this is where I'm at right now, and yeah. I am doing this because I love it. Yeah, it's not because I'm going to go audition for who to do do That's next right. week, and and I'm trying, I. I might though in, out of this get such a catharsis that perhaps my physical understanding of the craft that I'm doing now becomes so great I mm-hmm. will be able to incorporate it at some future date yeah. which would be
1: it's such wonderful. a hard thing I yeah. it, that just playing out that scenario is is very hard and it's it's You mean the one of
0: going into the class
1: going into class and knowing that I'm not holding myself to a standard i had right. before it it's it's so silly it's, yes. it's absolutely ego it, but, but but don't
0: don't don't downplay it like that because <laughs> I, I could have and i'm not saying this in a diminishing way too i could have a hundred dancers one after the other sitting in that chair yeah, across from right. me, and they would say the same thing right it's it is one of the hardest things to do mm-hmm if you take time away for whatever reason mm-hmm. you amend a different career a child mm-hmm. uh, an injury and you come back mm-hmm. in your mind you should be where you left right, right. and you aren't yes yeah. and and i also have dancers that have gone back as a, just for the love of it when they've been adults mm-hmm. and they they maybe they left at 17 so mm-hmm. pretty high level mm-hmm. and they are just i I'll, i have a fond story of many years ago teaching an open adult class at Main Dance Place. And mm-hmm. I had this incredibly sharp-tongued, sharp-witted, uh, quite entertaining woman take one of my adult classes. I believe it was the beginner class. Mm-hmm. And she was very vocal and quite demanding. And the tone was often like this and asking questions is, what is this supposed to be? And oh. I always spoke to her very you know, calmly and gently because yeah. I, I recognized that she needed to hear uh was an offset to the what she was experiencing and feeling. Right, right, right. And <laughs> this one day she used a lot of invective, colorful language um to describe how angry she was that she couldn't understand this one exercise. She said, All day long I what how did she put it and, and she again, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna pepper it with the same colorful language yes. she used. This is in the middle of a ballet class. Oh, God. But she puts her hands on her hips and she says all day long, well that's right, I penalize criminals Oh, she was she was a goodness. crown she was a crown attorney oh, bless. and here she was coming to ballet class wow. feeling like a fish out of water right. and just hating that experience mm-hmm. so we talked about it after class that day and I said listen i I love that you expressed that mm-hmm. that's part of why you're here that's right, and you clear you're this is voluntary you're bringing yourself here because you're probably so expert at your job that it's getting a little ho-hum for you no matter that mm-hmm. you're dealing with humanity and it changes mm-hmm. each case but why don't you just let yourself experience this as a brand new experience every single time mm-hmm. some of them will suck mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you right. and some of them will be hey that worked out okay yeah. and I I use that even though that was quite a dramatic and and more of a uh oppositional scenario because you mm-hmm. know she didn't have your experience as right. a as a child. I think that because you've gone to such heights mm-hmm. in your singing career, mm-hmm. musical theater career, right? It, it, you're you got to remember, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. you're going into a class yes, where yes, everyone's yes, just yes. going to be rolling around the floor and getting sweaty, and yeah. there's going to be a lot of you know, ur, ur, you know, and and yeah. people are going to be experiencing the same thing. And just choose a a teacher in which you enjoy, and mm-hmm. you already have that sense of safe space. Mm-hmm. I know one actually. Oh me is
1: it
0: you <laughs> but i mean what's shameless funny, advertising yeah absolutely
1: no and what's funny is of course i've been dancing and i know i had to dance on point for mm-hmm. two years in phantom mm-hmm. and and i've been doing i've been dancing i the show before that i was a swing so i had yeah. to dance through that and it's i've just it's just not the same focus as, as 20 hours a week and really competitive anyways that's a whole but what i was gonna say um on that line of um the adult Child yes. Relationship. It's just something that I've really been hashing out with yeah. myself and my mom. But just a funny story on that. Um, so my mom and I talk super openly about all of this. Yeah. I, especially as an adult, I've really been able to say, "Hey, remember when blah, blah, you blah. spun yeah. this this way? Yeah. And I know where it was coming from, and I love you for it. But also, that was really crappy." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we, her and I were driving one day in the hills of the interior of BC. Yeah. And I was. <laughs> I was giving her trouble for um, a situation when I when I moved to Langley Fine Arts. Okay. And we went from uniforms to no uniforms. right. And that really bothered her, especially because she's from Scotland, where right. everyone was in uniforms all the time. Right. And I kid you not. She literally said to me, "You must wear a uniform to school to uphold the family name." And this oh is, you know, my this is a blessed gracious. sweetheart because, of course, that came from her family and yeah. in Scotland. In yeah, particular. yeah. And so for the first few weeks of school, I wore dress pants and my dress black shoes and the school shirt with the school logo on it and a cardigan.
0: You splendid little nerd.
1: In <laughs> in the heat of summer, I came home crying every day. She would not let me wear jeans. She would not me- let me wear shorts or anything. I cried and cried and cried. I said, Mom, it's too hot. I'm uncomfortable. All the kids are in t-shirts and shorts. Please, get off this horse. I'm going to fall over at school. Anyway, so I was giving her trouble about that in the car. And she says to me, I know, I know. I'll pay for therapy. (laughs) And, And so we came up with this song. All of my problems they come from my mom. Some are big and some are bigger. They tie me up and hold me down. Then I want to run and run and run and run away. <laughs> that was equal we were laughing hysterically.
0: Oh, well, that's a co- that's car. a cowboy song about I to happen, I think I I
1: think it's the tune is from some song she was singing in okay. choir. Okay. But the words were all us. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it was good.
0: Well, and the the funny the funny thing about that is is that I think I mean I think some of us are incredibly blessed and lucky to have mm. close relationships yeah. with our families. Yeah. And, and when I say a close relationship in my estimation, that means that, you know, the person Yeah, and they know you, yeah. which is not always pretty. No. And it right. means, you know, all the flaws, yeah. you know, all the ins and outs. It means you have to work through a lot of them. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 And I definitely was raised with that mm-hmm. uh, lucky situation. Mm-hmm. And I know that you were as well. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I think it gives us a certain ability to when we're really struggling with a situation that we're standing in in the moment as a young woman mm-hmm. it gives us the ability to realize but I am loved somewhere mm-hmm. in the world at this mm-hmm. moment and they know how awful I can be yeah and I know how awful they can be yes <laughs> right right and there's something about that knowing that is so intimate and so deep and I think it transcends a lot of that superficial you know I have 7,000 friends mm, on Instagram Facebook, or yeah. whatever <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so okay. I think that especially because I'm going to segue this into your current state of fame um Gosh. well it's it's true Not exactly. Uh, well <laughs> don't argue with me <laughs> okay. um okay I'm still your I'm still your elder right. um, and I will always be your elder Plus. which is a handy thing about age uh, um handy. I think that what that means is is that when you are in a situation that could possibly unground you, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I mean we read stories about that all the time. Oh, we see yeah. biographies, we see biopics of of young actors or or usually they're young actors or yeah. performers of some sort that just go off the rails because yep. they're ju- they don't have. They either didn't have a family mm. or their family was so disjointed or their family was trying to live their lives vicariously yeah. through them yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or some such dysfunctional thing. And they, yeah. they, they get into this business, which is essentially make-believe mm. from morning till night. Mm-hmm. And then you go home, like we were just alone. talking earlier, alone yeah, yeah. by yourself. Or, or if you're a star, you're in your dressing room by yourself. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of by yourself stuff. And so if you don't have that feeling of being known and loved and connected Mm -hmm. those moments you know you have bad days your your note might go a little sour you might trip over your feet you might have a a bit of a difficult dynamic with a cast member Mm -hmm. and suddenly the world implodes Mm -hmm. so my question to you is knowing how many opportunities you have had Mm -hmm. why don't you do this okay if you wouldn't mind Mm -hmm. tell me the trajectory from uh, post secondary right through to this moment, mm-hmm. just just sort of just it,
1: briefly literally <laughs> you know
0: uh, for this many years, I was here yes. and then I did this yes. and this and this and this, just just to sort of give the audience an idea of of what wonderful professional experience you've had, cool. and then from there, if you can just say a couple of things that have really helped you stay you because mm-hmm. you are so beautifully, you wow,
1: wow. Oh, we try every day right. <laughs> let keep, it's keep a, discovering. It's a daily thing. It yeah. is really. It honestly. Is. Oh, I yeah. know. Um. So I did my bachelor's degree in opera okay. after I finished high school.
0: Which, at
1: at UBC. Yeah. And I um, it was a bit of a surprise to me, honestly. I think I I thought I was gonna maybe do literature or
0: mm-hmm.
1: something or languages or at one point I wanted to be a, a archaeologist, history based. Okay. Love mm-hmm. love a mystery. Love a love a discovery. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then yeah, I started doing children's course with the Vancouver Opera here. Yeah. And kind of just caught the bug for the 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 stories and the production yeah. and and then in the back of my mind I was always thinking, well, musical theater because I've got the dance and yeah. I love that and let's see what kind of happened. So, did my bachelor's degree and then I started working professionally just before I left. Okay. My bachelor's degree because I I mean I my the the director of that program Nancy she has always known that I was very hungry Mm -hmm. and so she would would put me forward for understudy gigs at Mm -hmm. at Vancouver Opera when I was still in my degree and then um, she also well actually it wasn't exactly her for that but my first union professional gig was my last year of university and I was playing a little boy in the opera Albert Herring. I remember. You
0: telling me about that. Yeah, I had yeah. To
1: strap down my boobs and yeah. wig and, bu- oh, and put me too. Put, yeah. Always thinking about. It. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I had chocolate all over my face. It was so much fun. You were just
0: supposed to be a messy little mischief maker. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I sang as well. Yeah. I I threw a, a, I stole some apples. I threw a ball through a window and had to right. break into someone's shop. I mean, it was it was fun. awesome. But what was funny about that? It was. In my first year, and she'll tell this story as well, um, in my first year of university, I, we, they were doing Linato de Figaro, and I auditioned for Barberina, which is one of the supporting parts. And I went in and thought for sure I was going to book this. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know at that point is first years never do roles. Right. It's your first year. Right. She gives them to fourth years or master students, which yeah. is the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, but I went in thinking, I'm going to shoot high, and it's going to happen. I feel so good about this audition. Didn't book it, but she gave me Harry and Albert Herring because they had done it in that first year. Oh, okay. And I remember being so indignant. Yeah. I'm playing a little boy. This isn't what I'm here for. Yeah. Um, But what happened from that is the conductor for that production also works at Vancouver Opera. Mm. And when they were doing it professionally, three, four years later...
0: He, he just called me. I yeah. didn't have
1: to audition. He just said, hey, do you want to come do this?
0: That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Got my
1: equity card. Yeah. You know, really started the ball rolling for me. Um, left university, figured out very quickly that I had no acting training. Because mm-hmm. opera singers, it, well, in that particular program, we didn't get a ton of yeah. acting training. So I supplemented and started training and finding classes and finding people to work with. Booked a couple small regional gigs. Did a Rogers and Hammerstein review show out here yeah. at the Gateway Theater, and then um, booked West Side Story as Maria in at the Citadel in mm-hmm. Edmonton, which caught the attention of my agents in in Toronto and New York, and they flew out to Vancouver and two different agents. No, they have two different offices. Okay, And they okay. Kind of work all together. Okay, and um, so they when they had heard from my director for West Side that he had hired me as Maria. They flew out to Vancouver and asked to sign me. So that was kind of the beginning of that relationship.
0: So they weren't your agents up until that point? Mm -hmm. Oh! So your role, you getting that role Mm -hmm. and doing what you did, Mm -hmm. got your agents. That's right. Uh, Did you hear that everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Things I don't know. (laughs)
1: Things happen, yeah. Yeah, so did that show and then before... Oh, I mean this is a pretty funny story. So I was, right before I went to do West Side Story, I was flying back and forth to Toronto quite a bit for other auditions, mm-hmm. for regional productions and, and the like, and while I was there, I was told that Garth Drabinski, who is one of the most prolific um, Broadway producers, probably mm-hmm. of all time, mm-hmm. Kiss of the Spider Woman, oh, minus Kramer McIntosh, who does Phantom, um, Kiss of the Spider Woman and uh, Ragtime and Parade, and he, he produced a production of Phantom, you know, huge mm-hmm. shows. They made a, a large impact. He um, had a bit of a fall from fame. I do remember. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he came back and started, he, he came back with this new show, Suze right. right. And he was looking for someone who could look 16 had professional dance ballet training Mm -hmm. and could sing classically Mm -hmm. and my agent said we have the girl for you right right. and um, but I was only in Toronto for less than 48 hours yeah and he said well we don't have time to actually have a proper audition with her but we would love to meet her and see if she's someone that
0: we're interested interested in
1: yes so went to his big fancy um, corner office downtown Toronto. Okay. I was dressed as if I was going to ballet class, pretty much, with different shoes, obviously, and came in. and In his very stern way, he asked me a bunch of questions about what I was looking for in my life and mm-hmm. what my work ethic was like mm-hmm. and goals and dreams and. And his assistant says, to me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so sorry we didn't, we couldn't get a pianist for you. We didn't have a rehearsal space. I said, Well, I'm here now. And I'm dressed to dance, so mm-hmm. if you need to see me dance, we could just push the chairs over, and I can learn whatever you want me to learn right here. Mm-hmm. And you know, she said, "Are you comfortable with that?" I said, "Absolutely. I'm here. <laughs> We're ready." Mm-hmm. So she brought up some videos from the choreographer Graziella Danielle, and I learned some stuff in the room, which was contemporary ballet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Gar said, "All right, sing something." So I sang some West Side Story because I was about to, just literally about to leave for it in weeks' time. And they said, "All right, do a monologue. Okay, do the monologue. And uh, he said, "Okay, keep your summer open." So as soon as I finished West Side Story, I flew back to Toronto and ended up getting cast in that. Workshop. Did he
0: tell you at that moment, or not? No, it's just bluntly. that. way yeah, I just, gotcha.
1: Just keep, keep your, your summer, summer open. open. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I ended up getting cast as the young version of the lead. So she had all these, she was a, um, the character was a Holocaust survivor. She had all these really gritty flashback scenes, mm-hmm. And which, that was
0: Shirley MacLaine.
1: It was Victoria Clark.
0: Oh, I'm Victoria sorry, I thought Clark. you said Shirley MacLaine. No, no,
1: no, Victoria Clark. Yeah, okay. she's, uh, for those that don't know, um, it's very funny. It was quite an out-of-body Oh, experience.
0: Shirley MacLaine did the movie. That's why That's I'm right. getting That's confused. Right. That's Because no, I've seen the, I've seen the movie. That's okay. right,
1: yeah. It was quite an out-of-body experience to be. I mean, the first day she was sitting right next to me, and years when she when she won her Tony for *Light in the Piazza*, which is one of my all-time favorite shows, mm-hmm. I absolutely have a vivid memory of me sitting, streaming it on my computer, and and being in tears because I loved it so much and and so so happy for her to have yeah. won it, and uh, to have her sitting next to me, and then her chatting with me and taking mm-hmm. an interest. I was trying very hard to be cool and it was <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Vicky, oh, yes, that's it. Ah! Yeah. So, we did that workshop and I had created this part, the yes. young version of this character, and I was also, because it was a workshop, condensed budget, um, I was doing a dance track and a singing track as well. Right. When the show got to stage time, so mm. it had come out of the workshop stage and into performance. Yeah. They had... Um, Rented the Elgin Theater, which is a huge theater downtown Toronto. Um, I became a swing, which is basically I was covering the part I created, and covering the dance track I had created, and covering the singing track, as well as five other tracks. So right. I had eight characters that I was following. Right. And uh, basically, if anyone got injured or sick, I was on. Right. And it was it was a tough uh, it was a tough transition because I had. Invested so much emotionally in that character and that mm-hmm. whole thing. But um, I very quickly learned that the reason why they did that is because, you know, my choreographer, Grazi, trusted me to do all the dance stuff. And, mm-hmm. and my music supervisor, Brad, trusted me to sing all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And the director, Adrian, tr- trusted me to jump into my track, mm-hmm. you know, that I had made mm-hmm. um, in the workshop. And, um, but it, it was definitely a tough transition and, and a huge ego check-in mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. very very good learning but what happened on that contract was our music director David Kadic he is the music director for Phantom Broadway Okay. and because I was a swing and I was consistently watching the show and on the other side of the, the stage you know, right. of watching yeah, we spent a lot of time together yeah. and so there was one day and I didn't push anything I knew in the back of my head that he was someone that I wanted to connect with but mm-hmm. I wasn't going to push no. that relationship and one day we were watching the show in the um in the audience. Uh, we had entered preview so there was a there was a you know patrons around. Yeah. And he just turns to me very subtly and says, "Hey, would you like to sing for Christine?" I said, "Oh, sure." He said, "I don't know if they're looking for anyone, but we might as well put it on tape. I know you can sing it." "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> so the next day, I mean 10 minutes in and out, very very quickly, he played for me and conducted from the piano and
0: right.
1: put it on tape and He sent it uh, over to the producers, and I didn't hear anything for a couple months, three months maybe. I'd come back to Vancouver, I had some stuff happening in my personal life, and um, all of a sudden got a phone call saying, can you fly to New York, and then many, many callbacks later I ended up as Christine on the Broadway North American tour of Phantom.
0: (laughs) for two years because it was a one-year contract yeah. and they desperately wanted you to hang yeah. on yeah
1: and they did they did want me to stay longer but i was i was i feel very confident in my intuition saying you need to leave now and
0: two years doing it's you know it's interesting uh what was i just listening to the other day someone was saying oh they were talking about journey you know the the rock mm-hmm. band journey mm-hmm. and that steve perry uh finally just walked away from mm-hmm. the I didn't know these facts. So no, sure. Somebody was saying, yeah, they walked away because uh, they were going out on tour mm-hmm. and they just wanted to sing all the oldies. Mm-hmm. And he was not remotely interested. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. someone took over who sounds very much like him, mm-hmm. who apparently is a Filipino version of him, all which right. is quite interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and and I, was think, I was smiling to myself because my childhood is peppered with Journey songs. Mm. I never knew what they looked like because mm-hmm. I didn't watch videos and we didn't have a TV, so that was helpful. Yeah. Um, and by the time I saw what Steve Perry looked like, he didn't look anything like the song, so I just flipped all the CDs over. Yeah. It. It just yeah. Kind of, so there was no identity as far as what what ethnicity he well, may or may not and it have. It shouldn't even matter. It the should music is good, it, the music it and if, and what these people were telling me about it was that he, uh, the man who took over for mm-hmm. him was so incredibly yeah. good that steve perry said hey great bl- i give my blessing 100 percent blessing yeah, and I'm, yeah, and yeah. then he's free to do whatever he and wants
1: here's the thing you know that music or something like phantom or yeah that, you know these shows and songs yeah. mean so much to so many people oh, absolutely that it's part of your job to serve it properly. Yeah. And if you reach a point where you're not confident that you can, yeah. then you shouldn't be in that building. Tap out, yeah. And that's something, honestly, the producers of the show also told me, which, yeah. you know, they absolutely wanted me to stay, but they respected me so much for making that call when yeah. I did. Um, because they're, you know, the people that you meet at the stage door, the audience members that run you down in the street yeah. or the messages I get online, yeah. it is, it's profound. Yeah. And as much as a lot of people might say, Oh, Phantom, ooh, whatever. Yeah. But it, it is, a, it makes a profound impact on multi-generational audiences. You know, it doesn't matter what time. And
0: you know what, the, the people that say, Oh, Phantom, whatever. I, you know, the thing, the thing about that, and I don't know. I'm not quite sure why I'm like this, to be totally honest, because I'm so sv- seriously opinionated about so <laughs> many things. But when it comes to elitism about entertainment, let's mm. call it entertainment or I think the only time I really am what I would describe as snobby is when it's hurtful entertainment. Right. You know, comedy that puts people down. Right. Comedy that's racist or yes. misogynist or some way just gross. It's yep. the only way they can get a laugh is by bullying mm-hmm. or a, a movie that does the same thing right. or music mm-hmm. that it or a musical that is just so grossly misogynist mm-hmm. and it's just showing mm-hmm. a bunch of gorgeous women dressed in nothing. I just think. Really? Yeah, I'm sure we could have done something else here. Those yeah. people can actually sing. Right. Same with dance. And when you came to Vancouver, when you had your was that your first show that you I was came at? came to my very okay. first. Okay. So that's show. really exciting. So I was at your very first show <laughs> in Vancouver. I have been to perhaps two musicals in my entire life. Yes. Uh, one of them was in New Orleans when I was dancing in Florida. Uh, many many years ago at 20 mm-hmm. and we were in the nosebleeds mm-hmm. and it was Les Miserables mm-hmm. I, I don't remember a thing other yes. than there was one or two pretty voices and it was really dark yes <laughs> and I just remember it's thinking this thing goes on for a long yes. time and right. then I don't even remember what the second musical was and then of course I was involved with the opera as a dancer mm-hmm. but you're on stage and it's yeah. a very different experience in the audience and I can't
1: seen phantom twice now
0: I have seen Phantom twice. Yes, I know, are. I feel like such an oldie, <laughs> an oldie at it. But in Vancouver, yes, I was such a newbie yeah. and I was overcome, yeah. overcome by the whole experience. Uh-huh. I mean, being in the lobby and I've been in the Queen Elizabeth Theater and so many different mm-hmm. uh auspices and and the yeah. and the usually it's to watch somebody else dance, but I've also been there as a dancer as well. Yeah. And to be there and think this is my my little student who used to hide out during the she's going up. And I mean, I was always, already oh. teary before the thing started. And frankly, and I'm not, and you know, I'm not being obsequious because no. that's just not, I don't do that. Yeah. But your voice is stunning. Oh, and it's so, it's so rich. And I am a, I am a huge fan of voices. Mm-hmm. Singing moves me to tears quite often. Mm-hmm. So I was already moved. Mm-hmm. And then the energy of yeah. the audience, people are just... You know, and I don't know anything about the story. I have to read the synopsis really quick. Yes, what yes, the hell yes. is this thing about anyways? Yes, and yes. this is a complicated story. Well, just, yeah. just do it, Eva. Just watch it. Yeah,
1: just, just figure <laughs> just it out.
0: do it. And then, of course, I was looking for the dance scene because mm, we had worked on that. That's right. That's right? right. That's right. But the big kicker for me was that, you know, to be part of a lavish, yeah, big budget production like that, mm-hmm. I've only had that opportunity a couple of times in my career because they've been much more spare. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. the contemporary ballet world doesn't have that money. Right, right. So to be where you sat me, I yes. don't know if you recall.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, you had house seats, so you were underneath the chandelier. I
0: just, I just remember screaming bloody murder when the thing dropped. Oh, yeah, it's scary. And, and it was myself and a, another, I think, a young guy that was a date next to me. Were oh. Probably the only two people in the entire orchestra who hadn't seen it 17,000 oh, times. Oh, that's terrible. So everyone's looking at just. Howling because yeah. we're just we're shaking and screaming and yeah. and then I'm, tears are streaming <laughs> down my face yeah. and then he's worried that I'm still scared and I'm like oh, oh, no I don't know. I know her and <laughs> he's like me. yeah oh, sure God. you do <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I feel like also that <sighs> that night was particularly charged because it was my show and probably the whole cast was a little bit charged yes as well. exactly I I'm mean excited. Yeah, even even right from the get go I mean that. To be on the tour, on yeah. tour, yeah. with a cast like that, yeah. I mean, they automatically become your family. Yeah. They, they become your support system. Yeah. I, you know, I've heard horror stories of that not being the case, yeah. and I am so thankful to have had the people that I had on yeah. the tour, um, because they just lift you up. Yeah. And so I I'm trying to remember that that night was such a blur. I have all I remember telling
0: you is that one there was at one point there was an extra noise and you said that you had gone out the wrong exit and smashed into something. Oh,
1: my gosh. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. No. So that was. Oh, bless. Yeah. I forgot about that. So uh, (laughs) I had gone into no man's land. Mm. I was supposed to exit through wing two on stage right, but for whatever reason, it was dark, there were things moving, and I was very in the moment, I guess. And I had run (laughs) downstage into something that wasn't a wing. Right. So I was stuck behind... (laughs) I was stuck behind the call board, the sound sound towers and the call board, and there was just a little curtain between (laughs) me, and there was a huge drop-off. Right. It was came from yeah. the stage to the actual stage, cause yeah. we lay a stage on top, yeah. so I went, <laughs> and just dropped down, and then I was stuck behind these big <laughs> technological things. Have a I have a very quick entrance again, yeah. and I could just hear the tech guys on the other side being, you know, exclaiming, where did she go? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I'm here! I'm here! Help me! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was, and what was funny about that is from that day forward, at the... The t- every first we have a company meeting yeah. at every first city at the first show of every city pardon me, and the stage manager. It's now part of their their regimen to say, now to make sure we're exiting wing two. We don't have no man's land in this theater. So no, or or, or we do have no man's be land a here. Extra so joke just for be, Eva. Yeah. Yes. Hysterical.
0: Well, I think that I think many performers have little funny stories like that, but that was I. I feel honored that I was there for you that one. You were there one. for that yes, one. That was a, I,
1: thankfully, it didn't inhibit your, oh, your not, enjoyment of it. not
0: at all. That
1: I, that night, I also got stuck on the stairs. I had to get Derek to unclip me for for. Those, you said that, and yeah, I didn't notice that. For those that don't know, there's yeah. a, a in our production. So Phantom the Tour is yeah. a spectacular new production mm-hmm. versus the brilliant original production. Mm. And so we just have some updated tech, Mm -hmm. basically. More fire, more special effects. Mm -hmm. So we have these stairs that kind of come out of nowhere, and Mm -hmm. the Phantom and I descend down to his lair. And uh, in order to keep me alive, and the Phantom, we have um, climbing harnesses underneath our costumes that we unclip halfway down. Mm -hmm. And on my first show, it's the only time it's happened.
0: Oh, no way. Yeah,
1: and it got a little bit stuck, and Derek, bless his heart, my Phantom, He is a gem of a human, Mm -hmm. and he just looked at my face, he could see the terror, and he just very calmly just kind of indicated, it's going to be okay, babe, and reached up and unclipped it for me. (laughs) 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 And he was the, and this is someone who's afraid of heights. Right. So he became so strong for me in that moment. Yeah. Because normally, you know, I can feel him maybe feeling a little bit anxious. Overall, he's awesome, but I mean... We also were on stage when the um, I don't know if you remember that huge earthquake that happened in LA. I
0: well, I, I don't remember it in the well, sense that I experienced when it, it when but it I happened, heard. Yes, yes. We were
1: on stage for that. Right. And um, it happened in the very first scene. We stopped the show, left the stage, reset for twenty minutes, and went back and finished the show. And if you if you can imagine. You know, I mean, we're already a little bit nervous about being up yep. 50, 60 feet in the yep, air, yep. but then add aftershocks. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah.
1: It was not a good day.
0: <laughs> no, no, I can only imagine. It was the
1: whole stage rolled.
0: Oh my goodness. And
1: and the audience ran. Total, screaming. Chaos. Yeah, crazy. The oh. chandelier was swinging. It was insane.
0: Oh, no, well, it that would insane. be something I wouldn't want to be underneath, no. let me tell you. No,
1: no, very scary. Yeah. Anyways, so many stories. <laughs> <laughs>
0: podcast number two with Eva will be stories from the professional world that's right that's right I did want to ask you uh one other thing about uh what you do with all of these amazing experiences and particularly the experience of touring for two years straight Mm -hmm. which is for someone like myself who does like her nest is unfathomable Mm -hmm. yeah and Ironically, because we did end up, my family and I followed you to San Francisco where you weren't, but we won't get into that story right now. And then we followed you to Cleveland where you were, which was wonderful. Even in those two little experiences of of us just, quote unquote, uprooting for four or five days to be able to go Mm -hmm. and see you perform. Mm -hmm. The taste of, oh my goodness, she's Mm -hmm. doing this every two Two to three weeks. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. How, what what would you say if you could in a nutshell which is obviously asking a lot but what do you do to make yourself feel like you're still yourself Mm -hmm. that your center is where you expect it to be and if you're having a rough day or you're feeling low Mm -hmm. you just let it kind of wash over and move on so that you can, for instance, get on stage that night if that's what's asked of you. I know that within your contract there were some clauses that allowed you personal health days and such, which is wonderful. I'm so glad those modern things exist. But... Ostensibly, you are going on with the show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and you're also getting on with life. Mm-hmm. And you're doing this for two years straight. Mm-hmm. You're interacting with people in passionate ways on stage. And then, like we spoke of earlier, you're going into an empty dressing room because you are the star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and then you're going back to whatever Airbnb you've secured. Yeah. And I, I, I just... I know that a lot of people would be curious as to how do you stay sane? How yeah. do you stay... F- not focused, but... Just feeling, this is such a dumb word, but normal. How yeah, do you feel, just yeah. grounded in in the moment?
1: I think, you know, it's it's a tough question to answer because I feel as if it's it's different for each contract. It's it has been different in each stage of my life mm-hmm. as well. And um, the things that I learned specifically about tour was I functioned better, especially in this part, because mm-hmm. as we said, it's so isolated. Mm-hmm. Christine sings for two hours straight mm-hmm. she really doesn't see many people mm-hmm. off stage because she's kind of doing her own thing she's yeah. on off stage actually for a, the total of 20 minutes with the with the intermission and the slight break in act one yeah so it's really go 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 yeah so for that specific situation I felt better living with somebody right and it, it usually ended up being my um, alternate Emma who right. who, who absolutely inherently understood everything that i was going through because right. she's already done she's done the part right and she actually when i left the tour got bumped up and now she's got six months as the lead which right. is before the tour closes in february so um i i found it was better to have my a, a person in my space right because otherwise tw- it was 24 7 just gone yeah and i i did notice that i was I really hit some low points when I was alone in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. It was not ideal. I mean, yeah, and as far as... It's so hard to find the consistency in that. I feel like some people are better at it than I am, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, for me, it was getting good food, mm-hmm. making sure that mm-hmm. I made my sleeping space at the very least consistent mm-hmm. and, you know, safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and trying to find the moments for socializing, yeah. Because for me, it, otherwise it it got it got too head heavy. Yes. And yeah. and and it was that fine line because obviously I I in just had to isolate myself just to get through the gig. Yeah. So you know I couldn't go out partying with the cast yeah. all the time. Um, I did have some friends on tour who were kind of encouraging me at one once I was there for maybe a year, yeah. encouraging me to figure out how to be social without, you know, not, I would never go to an excess, but for example, you know, on a Sunday night, if we don't have a show the next day, yeah. the cast might go to to dinner and have a couple drinks. Yeah. I, I almost didn't drink at all right. on, the, on the tour. I don't really drink anyways, yeah. but um, I absolutely didn't on tour. Yeah, um, But they were supportive in the sense, like, not like, come out, yeah, hang out. We don't have to, you don't have to drink. We're yeah. not going to pressure you, but just come and spend some be time. In the space, yeah. You don't even have to talk because, <laughs> you know, because a lot of the time I would be on vocal rest, right? Right? So right. I can just, I would, <laughs> I had all kinds of different signals yeah. and the, the silent laugh, right? You know, just right. reacting to everyone without, right. without making noise because sometimes that's what you had to do, right? Um, spe- the biggest stumbling block I had on tour was. You know, not only are you only you're you're changing your living situation, you're also changing your environment. So, mm-hmm. so humidity, mm-hmm. uh, altitude, mm-hmm. uh, weather. You mm-hmm. <laughs> allergies. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I had them until I went on tour. <laughs> no, seriously, but yeah. that uh, your your you know your vocal cords are this the size of a nickel, mm-hmm. and they all of those that tissue in there and, mm-hmm. and those little. Muscles—they're so sensitive. Mm-hmm. So that became pretty much a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Figuring out, well, where am I at in this city? Yeah. What yeah. do I need now? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, just mentally, I—I grew so much over that time mm-hmm. because there were so many challenges I didn't know that I needed first of all, or mm-hmm. that I that I was going to have. Mm-hmm. You know, just doing a show for that long. Doing five hundred performances. Ooh. How do you how do you keep it? How do you keep it alive? Yeah. And, and also, I I haven't really experienced a lot of stage anxiety until this contract. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen in the first year. Mm-hmm. There was some health stuff in the first year because mm-hmm. my body was not used to tour. Mm-hmm. About eight to nine months in, mm-hmm. things started to level out, and mm-hmm. I felt. A, a better equilibrium with the rhythm of, okay, we're here for two weeks, and now we're not here for two mm-hmm. weeks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of leveled out. But um, but then what started to happen was I started to overthink things. Right. Right? So, oh, today you're going to forget your words. Oh. <laughs> to, no, I forgot my words twice. Right. In two years. Yeah. And But there were many shows where I thought, oh, I don't know what's going to come out now. Right. Today's the day I'm going to screw it up.
0: You but, actually thought that before you went on stage. Oh, yeah. How positive.
1: I know. But this is what I'm saying. Your brain starts to yeah. kind of attack itself. Yeah. Because it's done it so many times. Yeah. yeah. And and the, the greatest thing for me was in those moments to step back and say, you're in a pattern. Yeah. Break out of the pattern. Yeah. And what was great is we have a resident director that, that travels with us. So yeah. he would watch the show and I would come to him with all my irrational fears and yeah. say... I don't know about this. I don't know about that. And he would just say the same thing every time, which is, why don't you go out and just screw it up? Just just have a messy show. Yeah. make choices you've never made before, yeah, and just figure find something new. And uh, yeah, and that really often worked. Right. but <laughs> but it your brain i I just talked to a friend of mine who's kind of a Broadway um, Broadway veteran. And she has a rule for herself that she doesn't go past a year with a show now, right? Because there's just some, there's just some anxieties that that come up that you don't really expect, and they they bite you in the butt.
0: You know, you know how um, fascinating I find this because mm-hmm. just to put things into perspective, you know how when people teach contemporary classes mm-hmm. now at a commercial studio. Mm-hmm. What that basically means is there's a perfunctory warm up, and then I'm going to teach you a piece, combo. a yeah. yeah, a routine, a combo, whatever, yeah, yeah. and you're going to do it for an hour, mm. over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know I find that basically the most mind-numbing thing yeah. <laughs> I, I realized to myself, I am not, I don't like that, mm. which is kind of stunning to me because mm. I'm a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. Habit. I love consistency. Mm. I mean, to the degree where it's actually laughable right. by anyone that's close to me is you've had the same breakfast for 25 years, it yeah. might be a time to break out of it. <laughs> uh, but that concept, mm. and even many years ago in the company that I was in in Florida, we did Nutcracker mm. and we did 11 performances Right to your 500.
1: Yes. And at the
0: end of 11, I basically said, I never want to hear Nutcracker <laughs> ever again. <laughs> And I'd have to sing it. Yeah. And I was not on stage for the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was... I, I guess what I'm trying to say is is that maybe I'm a full rarity here mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people would, you know... A, the opportunity to be able to do 500 performances, of anything, is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. obviously a gift awarded to those that certainly deserve it. But mm-hmm. I think that at the same time, I i It's just I applaud you and admire you so much for having done five hundred performances mm-hmm. period mm. and and not doing them worse and worse and worse but
1: well and it's it's such an interesting thing because and what I am so excited by is the fact that she changed so much and cause right. I changed so much right right. People always ask me you know can you can you do you ever check out during the show? Mm-hmm. There might be a moment mm-hmm. in every show where I think. Did I pay for parking? (laughs) Did did, did I have enough food today? You know, just little things that pop pop into your head. But overall, I mean, with that track, you are so active. It's very hard to check out. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that was so wonderful is every day I was a different person, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. I could show up and make her...
0: Wherever you were, yeah. She
1: was a different person too, right? yeah. So there were different things that hit me in different ways and mm-hmm. and having a director or resident director who was traveling who really encouraged us to just kind of go with that. I mean, right. we absolutely had to fit into, you know, the proper blocking, the scene. And the reason why
0: you were picked in the first place.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. but it's it was um, you know, just thinking back, even there's a bootlegged video of me online from my one of my first shows in okay. Vancouver. And even listening to it and watching it, I'm thinking, wow, I am a totally different person. Right. I will say, I, I you know, not, I, I'm, I guess I'm challenging myself to also kind of speak out loud the things that I'm proud of myself for. Yes. And uh, I, I, I think I can really track, I, I, how do I say this? I think I seek out challenges to make me grow. Mm -hmm. even when it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and if i can really track myself from maybe 16 17 onwards Mm -hmm. i can see myself unconsciously choosing things that are uncomfortable that make me grow faster excellent and i think that uh you know i'm i'm proud of myself for that even when i haven't felt strong Mm -hmm. you know there's this under the water there's something ebbing that keeps on making me do these things that 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 pushes me farther mm-hmm. and farther mm-hmm. and um, and seeing you know even in this two-year little pocket pocket of time mm-hmm. yeah I just I can see I'm a totally different person mm-hmm. I've been profoundly changed by that show and mm-hmm. those people and 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 maybe it's just a timing thing you know mm-hmm. but absolutely and and every show i've done oh my gosh west side story one mm-hmm. of the most deeply changing things i've ever done mm-hmm. was that was that story and that cast mm-hmm. and that director too mm-hmm. you know it just that whole experience every everyone everyone i yeah yeah
0: i think you'll probably on this continued trajectory forward mm-hmm. you're going to find that because of the way you approach things mm-hmm. and because of how open you are to growth, mm-hmm. I think you're going to find, oh, I'm going to sound super corny and completely <laughs> esoteric here. I think you invite the universe to provide <laughs> challenges. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I am channeling some sort of inner guru or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think that the universe will provide for you the challenges that you seek and mm-hmm. uh, and also inadvertently provide for you the support that's necessary in yeah. the humans that surround. Him. And you're an amazing human, Eva, okay. so you're not going to attract turds. Sir.
1: Sometimes I no. do. No. We all do. We all listen, have listen. turd days. Listen, it's true. We all do. I <laughs> won't even go into
0: that. Please. <laughs> On that, that would be a great time to end.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Without going into that stuff.
0: <laughs> So I um clearly an hour has passed and has it really? uh, yeah and oh. it is incredibly easy to talk to you and you have so <laughs> There's so
1: many other things so to talk I about I know
0: and so much professional <laughs> experience so I do think we need a part part B Absolutely let's, let's do it Let's do a part B absolutely yeah. while you're in town for yeah, this yeah, short yeah, time yeah, yeah. period and in the interim I thank you profoundly for joining thank me you. in Sarah's space Thank you. But no.
1: No. Thank thank you. you.
0: (laughs) Good night, everyone. Good night.